Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. You're not only our global heart, you're a noble heart. I just... Uh, One of my favorite places in the world to come to is here. And it's great to have Carol with me on this trip. She tried last year, had tickets bought and everything, but about just four or five days before we got on the plane, she had a a, a medical sciatica. She slept 10 nights in a chair. And uh, anyway, God bless her. She's here now. She's my hero. She is my hero. And it's always an honor to be here with you for your, your faith promise and your missions focus. I look up here on the sign, Hamburg, uh, Hamburg and Montreal. It almost sounds like a menu, doesn't it? <laughs> Lusaka, yeah, I'll have some Lusaka on that, and on that Melbourne and Melbourne. And, and t- anyway, all that happens through the great heart that's in this house. All of that happens because you are just good people and you have a good heart and you have a good heart for God and you have a good heart for others. And what the Faith Promise Card does is that it allows us to take our good heart and and have a good strategy, a good strategy, because you can have a good heart, but if you don't have a good plan or a good strategy, well, then you've just got a good heart. But this is how we get things done. And through this Faith Promise card, we uh, in Penrith, and we have been there uh, 36 years. We were just thinking we're only four years away from 40 years there in, in, in Penrith, and uh, we're feeling good. We're, we, we're, they're going to have to run us off, I guess, because we're, we just, we're just loving what God's got us doing there. But we have seen this strategy. Lord, we love you. We love the nations. Show us what we can do. Show us how our family can have a legacy in fulfilling the Great Commission. And it's the Faith Promise Card that allows us to ask three questions when it comes to maybe building a building in Lusaka or when it comes to, you know, all the, the, the opportunities that the Lord gives us. We ask these three questions. Lord, what could I give? And we're blessed in Australia. We are a prosperous nation. I mean, the poorest of us is like the richest of the rest of the world. Honestly, we, we compare ourselves with each other and we don't feel like we're very wealthy, but we are maybe the most wealthy nation uh, per capita in the world. Uh, But we ask, what could I give? And then we ask a second question, and what could I give up? What could I maybe do without? How how could I live maybe, you know, more simply so I could help someone else live eternally, you know? What, what, what... So what could I give? And, this, and if this is really important, and if it really means something to me, what could I give up? And then we ask the question, and then how can I add faith to that? And when we put those three things together, this allows us in Penrith at Imaginations Church, through faith promise giving, we now give half of our income to missions. We give half, and we've been doing it for two decades. We give half of our income away commissions through a strategy called faith promise giving and so the lord really bless you as you you know next week when you come back together i'm sharing tonight i'll be sharing sunday and we'll talk more and more about this but um, 
Would you reach your hand out towards me, please, and pray for me? Father, I just love you, and I love this church, and I love the heart that's in this church. And I just thank you for the honor that Carol and I have to be here. Thank you for such dear, precious friends, Lord. Lord, I'm just so honored for the relationships that have made my life rich. And Lord Jared and Sue are just two of the finest people I know on this planet. Bless, bless, bless. And Lord, I pray that every dream and every desire that you've put in the heart of this house will be, no, it will be realized, it will be birthed, it will come to pass for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're here tonight for a king and a cause. And this has been our theme in Penrith all year. A king and a cause. The greatest person we could ever love and the greatest purpose we could ever live. And we just heard Nathan talking about purpose just a moment ago. This great king of kings and this great cause of causes. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the cause. This is the, this is the plan of God. This is the king, our father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come in Western Australia. And I don't know why the church is thinking the other way. Lord, come and get us out of here. And let the world just fall apart. No, Lord, your kingdom come through us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth while we're in it, Lord. While we're here. While we're preaching it and proclaiming it, Father. Your kingdom come. May we be the church that punches holes through the darkness. That light comes through. And that everywhere we go, the kingdom of God comes. It comes and it moves with us. Thy kingdom come. And the real measure of this mandate that God has given us, this king and this cause, is the answer to this question tonight. And the question is this, what on earth am I doing for heaven's sake? What on earth am I doing for thy kingdom come and thy will be done? on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, what on earth am I saying for heaven's sake? What on earth am I praying for heaven's sake? What on earth am I giving for heaven's sake? And we would ask the question, well, what, how much priority should this be in my life? Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, from the Good News Bible, Jesus said, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God. I mean, be concerned with, and you could go dot, 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 what do we fill in there? Be concerned with, what are we concerned with? I can name about a dozen things or so that we're concerned with. Be concerned above everything else. The King James says, seek ye first. Seek first. Be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you and he will provide all those other things that we are concerned with. But we just not, don't be concerned with them first. Be concerned with this first and he will prov provide. Seek first. Two Greek words. Zeteo proton. Zeteo proton. Seek means to desire, inquire, and require. First, first in time, in place, in order of importance, the kingdom of God. Now, the Lord Jesus made some astounding statements about the kingdom. And he said in John 15 and verse 19 about you and about me, he said, you are not of this world. 
I got to tell you, that's a life-giving revelation if we could just lay hold of that tonight. I got to tell you, things will just fall into order and fall into place if we could just receive these words from Jesus. You are not of this world. You're not of it. and You don't have a worry in it. You are not of this world. I chose you out of the world. Well, come on, man. It is what it is. And that's what it is. And Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17 to his father. They are not of the world, Jesus said. Just as I'm not of the world. They're not of the world any more than I am. And he says, but father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And then Jesus said this, behold, and there's a lot of beholds in the Bible, but I don't think there's a bigger behold than this behold. And the words that come after this behold are like the, like, whoa, behold, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. Every footprint you make, I called my pastor, Pastor Tom Messer, who sent us to Australia in 1987. He's 86 years old and he shoots 84 on the golf course. It's just ridiculous. But I said, Pastor, has God spoken any prophetic word to you recently? He said, yes, he has. He said, the Lord has really impressed upon my heart the, the, the power of footprints. The power of footprints, the incredible power. Great things happen when we make footprints. When we step onto something, when we step out into something, God says he will give us the places where our feet trod, where our feet, he said, footprints are powerful things. And then he reminded, when Carol and I, in 1987, we got off the train out there in the western suburbs of Penrith. We didn't know two things about Australia, except that we'd lost the America's Cup to Australia. Now it's the Australian Cup, I guess. I mean, we didn't know what the America's Cup was, to be honest. We thought it was a horse race. Anyway, but he said, we, we stepped off the train out in Penrith and we started walking up and down the streets of Penrith. And this was 36 years ago. And he said, and, and the power of those footprints speak for themselves. We make footprints and God makes things happen. The kingdom of God is within you. And when you walk it, when you, where you, when you go, it comes. It comes. The kingdom of God is within you. This king and his cause is within you. This sense of devotion that you feel in this place, this atmosphere, this duty that you feel in your heart for this king and his cause, it comes from within you. From deep down in your soul, you know that you have someone to love and you have something to do. And I got to tell you, that's about all a man needs in this world. Someone to love and something to do. His kingdom come, his will be done. And this is the first priority. This is the first priority, I believe, of the church. Now, Jesus said this in Matthew 11 and verse 12. From the time that John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Come on, somebody. Since John has started preaching, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Well, how's that working out for you? Because the kingdom just keeps on advancing. It just keeps on advancing. And how does it advance? How does the kingdom of God advance? Two ways. 
Luke 16, 16, Jesus said the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. You know what happens when we preach the gospel? People get saved. That's what happens because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to anyone and everyone who will believe it. When we proclaim Jesus, when we preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit is at work. God isn't willing that anyone would perish. And when the gospel is preached through the Holy Spirit, even in this place tonight, the Holy Spirit is pulling and drawing people unto, unto himself. How, how, how does the kingdom of God advance? How does the kingdom of God come? How does the kingdom of heaven come? It comes, number one, by declaring and sharing the kindness of the king displayed in the cross and the Christ, we decree this message that amazing grace is here and it saves wretches like me. And God is a God of kindness. And the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of forgiveness. It's a kingdom of forgiveness and it's a kingdom of the forgiven. And that's what gives this kingdom such, such power. You know, the, the devil holds people in darkness through guilt and condemnation. And when all of a sudden the kingdom of heaven is here, there's no more guilt and there's no more condemnation. And the devil, he, he doesn't know what to do with himself because he has nothing more to hold us because we're forgiven. We're forgiven. We're forgiven. How does the kingdom of heaven come? How does it advance? Secondly, we see this scene in Matthew 25 and verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne. Well, that's a good place for the king. He will sit on the throne of his glory. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And here we see that we advance the kingdom of God through the good news of the gospel and the good deeds of his people. This is how we advance the kingdom of God in the earth. This is how his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 16, your light must shine before people so that they will see the good things that you do and praise your father in heaven. Now see, we kind of get mixed up because there's another scripture that says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Yeah, don't, don't do it because it's not about you. This is not that. Don't do stuff that, you know, says, look at me. Do stuff that says, look at him. Do stuff that, do stuff that says, see, they must see. Your light must shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. Family, when we show the mercies of Jesus and the kindness of the King, we are advancing the kingdom of heaven. This is how his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I got a phone call from someone that Carol and I really love, been in our church all their life. And she, um, she, she told me this story. She said, I was at Kohl's the other day. And she said, there was a lady in front of me. And she was really, really struggling because she'd put something on the counter and she'd say, oh no, take that. How much is the total? Uh, uh, take that back, take that back. And she said uh, that the Lord just moved on her heart. And she, she said, excuse me, ma'am. She said, 
my husband and I have a small business here in town and we're, we, we're Christians and could I just say to you, we would love today to pay for your groceries if you would let us. Oh no, 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 no. She said, no, I'm good, I'm good. No, thank you. No, 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 I'm good. And then she, you know, no, take that back. And then I think when it come time to pay, the card was, and three times, three times, this lady in our church said, we would so be honored if you would just let us help you today. We, we, no, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. She said, so, you know, she said, I went out to the car park and just as I was getting in the car, that lady came up to me in the car park. And she said, look, I, I appreciate your offer, and, uh, but, but I, I, I don't do that. She said, but you, you go to church, is that right? Yes. She said, but would you, would you pray for my son? He's harming himself. And she said, I will. I will pray for your son who's harming himself. And when she told me that story, I said, you know what, sister? I said, I think what you just did was you turned common ground into holy ground. what we do that's what we do we turn common ground into holy ground we bring the kingdom of heaven to the culture of the world we bring an act of kindness we bring a grace of God we bring we extend his love and we turn common ground into holy ground and this is how we advance the kingdom and this is how his will is done on earth Carol and I had the opportunity, privilege uh, this, this year uh, to go on long service leave. We had so much fun. We got up to so much mischief. I can't even talk about it. It was a hoot. Just me and her having a blast. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe how old we are. You just the way we acted and carried on. But you know, one day we were in Oklahoma and uh, we'd gone to visit my sister who I had not seen in many years. She joins us online almost every Sunday, but I hadn't seen her in years. And then I had some nephews and nieces I hadn't seen in 15 years. But anyway, there was a morning, a free morning, and I just happened to have my golf clubs. They somehow made it to America. <laughs> I don't know how, yeah, anyway, so I, I said, uh, the, the, we're have, have, having a family reunion about two o'clock that afternoon. So I thought, well, there's a little old golf course out of Oklahoma. It's about an hour out of Oklahoma City. And I just thought, uh, I think I'll just go play nine holes of golf. And uh, so I got to the golf course, went up to the pro. Could I get on? Yeah, go ahead, get on. So I'm out there and I'm just getting ready to, to, to play. And the pro comes running out and he says, hey, buddy, I need you to do me a solid. And I had to figure out what that meant. I've lived in Australia so long. I, I'm trying to remember. I heard that in a movie once. What did that mean? I need you to do me. He said, look, I've had a guy drive all the way from Oklahoma City, and I have nowhere to put him. There's no tea time. Would you mind if he played uh, with you? I said, no, I don't mind. That's, that's fine. And so this big fella, really big fella, comes out, and he was real different looking. And uh, he, uh, he had the most unique tattoos I had ever seen in my life, and they were they were they were like uh, portraits, like 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 sixteen or eighteen of them all, all over. Anyway, nice enough fella, and we were, we just playing golf a little bit, and he begins to talk to me. He begins to share a little bit of his story with me that these are buddies that he lost in Afghanistan, in in the war uh, that he was a part of, and I shared with him that uh, I also was a. Uh, 
Army Infantry, United States Army Infantry, back in the early 70s. And, and, uh, and so we just chatted a little bit, and he t started telling me some of the trauma that he's gone through. And anyway, by the time we got to the ninth hole, I was finishing, and I said to him, I said, Paul, I said, we're just standing on the green. I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? He took his hat off and he said, I wouldn't mind at all. And I put my arm on his shoulder and I just said, Father, I just want to lift Paul up to you and I want to thank you for him. And Lord, thank you for his service and his, to his country. And, and I just prayed this prayer and I asked the Lord to help him in this relationship he was in. And, and anyway, I got through and I said, amen. And he said, amen. And he looked at me and I looked at him and he put his hat back on and we shook hands. And as I walked off, I just had this little sense that on that ninth green, that common ground had just become holy ground. Wow. Wow. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we advance this kingdom of God? There on that putting green, that common ground. You know, in, in Penrith, we have a suburb called Kingswood. Now, Kingswood is more westy, west, westy than Penrith. And I know there are people here in this room that know exactly what I'm talking about because they, they used to live there. But some years ago, we felt in our heart that we wanted to provide a mission for uh, domestic violence. And so we, through Faith Promise Giving, uh, got two apartments, gutted them out, two two-bedroom apartments, furnished them beautifully. Up, uh, uh, and, and, and I had a dream in my heart every year to provide a thousand safe sleeps through Faith Promise Giving. And so we, 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 you can't believe, of course you can, but some of the um, beaten and battered and bruised, broken women, and sometimes up to six children, and um, uh, I asked our director of West Care the other day, I said, uh, how many safe sleeps have we provided uh, since 2018? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So over these five years, because my dream was I wanted to provide 1,000 a year. I said, can you give me a, an estimation? He said, I can tell you exactly. We've provided 7,908 safe sleeps. Now here's... But here's the thing, what's more common ground than Kingswood? And yet here's what Jesus said. I was a stranger and you took me in like tenacious house. Every night that Jesus sleeps in those apartments, their holy ground. Now we may not be able to turn water into wine, but Jesus teaches us how to turn common, ordinary, regular, dusty, earthly ground into holy ground. Jesus says in Matthew 5 and verse 41, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Come on, there's nothing more common than a mile, but there's nothing more uncommon than two miles. 
And of course, what he was talking about was the Roman soldier who would stop and have somebody carry his, his military kit, his backpack, carry it a mile. He could do that for anyone. He could command anyone to do it. And they, the, they were, uh, the Jewish people were occupied. They hated the, the, these Roman soldiers. But Jesus said, if, one, if someone compels you to go one mile, go two. As a matter of fact, if you read it from the Good News Bible, it says it like this. And if one of the occupation troops force you to carry his pack one mile, carry it two miles. One mile is common ground, but two miles is holy ground. And the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And there is nothing more uncommon or holy than that. The kingdom of God is within you. And here we have the kingdom of heaven, and then we have the kingdom of the world. Now, what's more common than the kingdom of, what's more common than hating your enemies? What's more common than cursing those who curse you? What's more common than canceling those who hate you? Or detesting those who spitefully use you and persecute you? I mean, that's the culture of the world and it is so common. But I say unto you, Jesus says, love your enemies Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Family, this is how we turn common ground into holy ground. This is how his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, Carol and I were on long service leave we spent some of it in America and we spent some of it in Europe. And I got to, I had the privilege of being able to hike my second Camino. My daughter and I, six years ago, Monday, finished uh, the first Camino I ever did from, uh, from France, St. Jean-Pied-de-Pau to Santiago de Compostela. That was a long hike. This was a shorter one. It started in Porto, Portugal. And it went two weeks into Santiago along the Atlantic coast. It was gorgeous. I loved it. Carol was my support crew. And she, you know, it was good. It was cool. But one of the nice things about if you've ever had the chance to do a long walk like that is the people you meet along the way. And some, you'll run into people and you'll see them again in a day or you'll see them again in two or three days. And you'll have this little conversation and that little conversation. And before long, you, you've kinda, you, know, you kinda know each other on this journey. And there was this girl, this, this young woman. And she, uh, she was covered in tattoos. She had a short haircut um, and her name was Drew. And she was about a hundred miles the opposite of my world and how I live and where I am and who I am. But she was out there on the Camino and I, was, I walked past her one day while she was with the group and I heard her say something about me. And what she said as I walked past her, she said, oh, I think that fellow right there is, a, is a, a vet, a, an army vet uh, as well. I heard him talk to someone. Because what happened, believe it or not, I'm sitting in a cafe in Portugal and I meet somebody that served in the same unit I served in back in the early 70s. How random is that, you know? And so, he had, so she must have been in a coffee thing. Anyway, so I heard her say that and I stopped and I turned around. And I said, yes, I said, I, I'm, I'm a, a infantry, United States Army. She said, well, I'm Navy. I served in the Navy. And I said, thank you for your service. She said, well, thank you for your service. 
And so this little rapport would happen. I'd pass her and I'd say, how's the Navy today? She'd say, the Navy's just fine. How's the Army? I said, the Army's really grateful for the Navy. And this just happened day after day. And you know, I can't explain it, but God put her in my heart. And I'd think of her. She's out there hiking it on her own by herself. She'd, try, she'd have friends. But I just, from time to time, I'd run into her and I'd see her and I'd, I don't know. And I, here's what I thought. When you finish the Camino and you walk into Santiago de Compostela, that's the highlight. That's two weeks worth of 280 kilometers and you walk in. And I thought, Lord, if I see her on that last day, I'm going to walk up to her and I'm going to tell her I'm proud of her. Well, come the last day and Carol's waiting for me and she's going to walk in with me about a kilometer to go and all of a sudden, here's Drew. And she looks over at me and she says, can I walk in with you? Carol said, you absolutely can walk in with us. And so she walks in and it's emotional. And all of a sudden we're standing in front of the huge cathedral in this big open piazza and I'm emotional and I'm weeping. It's just emotional. I don't know how to explain it. And of course I looked over and she's weeping too. And I walked over and I put my arm on her shoulder and I said, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. And she just wept and wept. And she was trying to call her mom and she was trying to call her partner. And now her partner, I think she lived in Colorado. So she's trying to connect with people from home. And then she began to share with me what a struggle this has been for her mentally and emotionally. And she started talking to me about depression and she had just had a terrible anxiety attack three days before and didn't feel she could make it. And I said, you know, Drew, I said, I had my first anxiety attack when I was 10 years old. I said, I feel you. She said, well, what, how do you, what do you do? What do you do? And I said, well, Drew, you don't give up. That's what you do. You don't quit. That's what you do. And I said, and then you hold on to whatever it is that anchors your soul. And I said, for me, that's God. And she said, could we could we have lunch together? And I said, sure, let's, let, let's have lunch. And so we sit down and I said, Carol and I are going to pray. And actually she asked me just before that, she said, what do you guys do for a living? I said, we're pastors. She said like, no effing way. <laughs> She took my hand, she took Carol's hand, she bowed her head, we prayed. And then she looked at Carol and she said, how did you become a Christian? And Carol took the next few minutes and shared her story and shared her testimony and shared how Jesus came into her heart. You know, when we finished that meal, we stood up, we hugged, we said goodbye. Drew went that way, Carol and I went this way, but I looked down at those cobblestones and it just felt to me like that common ground had become holy ground. Would you stand with me, please? Jesus said that we are the light of the world. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. Everywhere you go, 
Everywhere you go, the kingdom of heaven comes with you. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of grace, the kingdom of forgiveness, the kingdom of kindness, the kingdom of mercy, it comes with you. And when you share the message of Jesus or show the mercies of Jesus, you turn common ground into holy ground. And I'm gonna ask you to really think about this weekend and next weekend about turning common ground into holy ground through your faith promise giving. What about right now? What about where you're standing? Is it common? Maybe you're here this evening and you're not really a a committed follower of Christ. Good person, obviously. But but if, if you were to really be weighed in the balance tonight, your life doesn't belong to him. It belongs to you. He's not the Lord of your life. You are. But you know tonight in one moment, because here's what Jesus would say to you right where you are. He would say, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Oh, Lord, you don't know what I've done. I I know exactly what you've done. And I bring you grace and mercy and forgiveness. Come into this kingdom of forgiveness. Follow me. Follow me. And you know, if you would be willing to do that this evening, I guarantee you, you will take the common ground that you're standing on and it will become holy ground as you open your heart and ask Jesus to come in to your heart. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.